The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. He's worthy of all honor and all glory. Amen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So. There is. I don't know. There, I, I don't know. I really don't want to. I really don't want to focus on the bad because Jesus is here. We, we, everybody can find. Everybody, how many even know people that can find the, the cloud in front of every silver lining? They can, they can literally find the cloud in every silver lining. I, I, I've got some folks that I deal with a lot that are like that. But what if this and what if that? And we talked about that before. You know, what if, what if, you know? Yeah, my, my, biggest, my biggest what if, and we're celebrating 13 years of Vanessa being cancer free. And uh, praise God. Um, I never thought that I never thought that I would sing um, a secular song and have it mean more than 13 years ago when when I heard um, Garth Brooks saying, "If tomorrow never comes, will she know how much I love her?" 13 years of tomorrows have come and gone. And I still tell her every day how much she means to me and that I couldn't make it without her. Amen? So praise the Lord for that, for his, his wonderful blessing. His blessings make us rich. Your Bible says the blessings of God maketh rich. And... and it may not be it may not be rich in bitcoin it may not be rich in uh, dollars euros pesos or whatever but his blessings make us rich amen all the money that i could have ever put forward could have never bought one more minute one more hour with my with my lovely wife and so i'm thankful for that but i find today that i i had a a lengthy discussion with some people this week and and i find today that People are afraid. They're afraid. There's an uncertainty. There's, there's a, a great amount of risk that's being taken. There's a, there's, there, people, by and large, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter your political party, it doesn't matter your political affiliation, it doesn't matter. There, people are afraid, all right? People are scared, right? And, 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 and rightly so. We're, we're living in a time of a pandemic, we're living in a time of political unrest and uncertainty. We're living in a time of societal unrest and uncertainty. And, and, and we would just like to say welcome to those of you joining us online today. And uh, if, you, if you're in the Warsaw area and you're not self-quarantining, oh, you should have been here this morning. Oh, the worship time is awesome and the word's going to be better. Amen. Amen. The, worship time, the worship time brought, it, brought the Holy Spirit to life here today. And so we're glad that you're watching us. No matter where you are, um, get on there and let us know. R you know, there'll be numbers on the screen or whatever. If you have a need this morning, reach out to us. We'd like to, we'd like to help you, meet you, and bring you through that need um, and stand with you in your time of need. So God bless you, those of us here. Those of you who have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to, to um, Exodus chapter 14 and look up verse 13. If I were to title this message today, I'm simply going to title it The Vaccination for Fear. The Vaccination for Fear. Now, how many of you have ever heard anybody taking the flu vaccine and still getting sick? <laughs> a lot of people who take, the, take flu vaccines had a, had a friend. They were, talking, they were talking around me the other day in the, at the office. And one lady said, I'm not going to take that thing again. I, everybody said, take it, take it, take it. Bad flu year. Never had the flu before in my life, took the vaccine, and now I'm sicker than a dog. <laughs> it, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. It's hit and miss, isn't it? But let me tell you something. The Bible gives us the vaccination and the formula to walk in this world unafraid. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be awesome? To go through life without fear. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great? All right, Exodus chapter 14, 
There were some people in Exodus chapter 14 that were running from, from their government. Let's, let's set it up for you. They had went into Egypt to eat because there was a great famine in the land. You might, you might remember. There was this little guy in the, in the scripture named Joseph. Right? He, his, dad, his dad made it. His, he was his dad's favorite. You know, it's, it, I, I love how siblings fight because I always knew that I was mom and dad's favorite. The other ones can dibute, dispute that all they want, but I knew that I was mom and dad's favorite. Now, dad never made me a coat of many colors, but he, but he bought me all my catcher's gear, bought me my football gear. He, man, he was, you know, I, and, and, and rightly so. I mean, we, we love baseball, we love football, we love, we love hunting, fishing, all that stuff, but I was dad's favorite. You know what happened when I, when I got married and moved out of the house? I found out that my sister was dad's favorite. I mean, for crying out loud, she was, his name is Jack. Her name is Jackie. My name was John. But you know what John, the nickname for John is? All you, all you, have, to do is, all you have to do is go back to the JFK years, and his nickname was Jack. Now, when my sister got married and moved out of the house, we both found out that my little brother was dad's favorite. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there. You might be a redneck if you've got a brother named Jimmy Joe. <laughs> and my brother, Jimmy Joe, and if you're watching this, you know it's true. You might be a redneck, but Jimmy was my dad's favorite. You know what the amazing thing was? Dad didn't have any favorites. But when I was with him, he made me feel like I was his favorite. And I believed him. And when my sister was there, he made her feel like his favorite. And she believed him. And it was true. And when Jimmy, Joe, was there, he made Jimmy feel like his favorite. And it was true. Do you, isn't, that, isn't that an example of the heavenly father? When we're around him, he makes you feel welcome and like you're his favorite. If God's got a refrigerator, your pictures are on it. I get these pictures, you know, not just from, from Willow, but all the, the kids back there in the, in the super church. All the kids bring me pictures that they colored. We ask a manna, What's the biggest refrigerator that you make? And, and they said, well, we make a walk-in refrigerator. It's got double doors on both ends. And I said, good, I need it. How much is it? It's $52,000. And I'm like, sorry, the only Congress people can afford those. Uh, so we just got a little one. All right, that was a joke. All right. But sometimes... We're going to run into situations. God's going to put us into situations that we are going to be intimidated by. Going to be intimidated by. I don't know who that guy was, but man, he sounded good. Keep him going. Um, all right. Pastor Rick, God bless him. If you ever get a chance to listen to, to Pastor Rick Van Hooster from down in Evansville, all their, all their services are televised on the local TV station, whatever. And I love it. And Pastor Rick, you know, I love you too. Uh, I, I love it when, whenever anybody goes out and they go in front of a camera, they duck. And, and he'll stop and he'll say, just duck. They'll never see you. <laughs> you know, a quarter million people watching the, the TV station. Just duck. They'll never see you. <laughs> it's like the first time he did that, first time he did that to um, somebody that we know. Uh, no. I was like, what? <laughs> All right. God's going to put us in, in situations that are a little bit intimidating to us, but he knows what he's going to do for us. We're like, oh, Lord, I'll never get through this. Lord, why did you bring us here? You know, the Israelites were asking that question. Why did you bring us here? Well, he brought them there to feed them. He brought them there to educate them. He brought them there so that he could maintain the nation of Israel. But your Bible says that there arose a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph. There arose a leader that did not know Joseph 
or his God. And they begin to be in great distress. You remember that you'll remember the story as 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 Moses was born in the time where the Pharaoh said that to commanded that all the male children should be killed and tossed into the river. Aren't you glad that Jochebed did not do that? Aren't you glad that she made an ark of safety out of bulrushes and she put little Moses in there? She kept him hidden as long as she could. And then she, and then she put little Moses in the river and, and with a prayer, God, please take care of my baby. You, can you imagine, can you begin to imagine what must have went through her mind uh, letting this baby go into the water? You know, there are crocodiles in the Nile. There are crocodiles. There's all kinds of, and here she is. She's, she's putting little Moses into, into this water and saying, God, watch over him. Isn't it amazing? If you think about the story, God caused a nice little gentle breeze to go and push that little ark around and until it came up onto the, in, onto the bank next to where Pharaoh's daughter was out bathing. Late in the midnight hour, folks, God's going to turn it around. Oh, we, that, we used to sing that song, Late in the Midnight Hour. You know, God's going God's gonna to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. Amen? All right. So Moses was delivered. You know that story. And then all of a sudden, he, he comes and he, gets, he kills a guy. How's that for a preacher? The preacher killed a guy. The leader of all of Israel got mad because he saw a taskmaster beating on one of his own. He was still living at the palace at this time, beating on one of his own, and, and, and so he, he took the rod and, and smacked him and killed him. I don't know if he meant to kill him, but he did. How would that be in the headlines? Mm. So he runs. He runs. Now, and he, was about, he was about 40 years old. He runs. He takes off and goes into the, into the way, way back of the desert. And then all of a sudden, he's working, he's working his father-in-law's sheep. And all of a sudden, he comes up to this bush and he sees that it's burning, except it's not being consumed. There's just a fire on this bush. And he does what every one of us would do. Here's this bush that's on fire, but it's not, it, it, the leaves aren't, crumbling and flaking off and he just here's this fire that's in this bush and so he does what he thinks he's, he does what everybody else would do man i'm gonna google this oh wait there wasn't google yet he said i'm gonna step aside and see this thing i'm gonna check this out and he went and he looked and sure enough now now for me for me, now this is just, just me. If I'm seeing something that's on fire but it ain't being consumed and it isn't being burned up, that's going to be enough for me to go, whoa, wait a minute. But he's just like standing there checking it out, you know. If we were to, one of these bushes, if the fire were to fall on one of those, now those are fake trees, but if, if the fire were to fall on one of those and it wasn't being consumed, we'd be like, whoa, dude, how you doing that? You know? Anybody ever been to like the Ripley's down in Gatlinburg? Or is it Pigeon Forge, Ripley's Museum, Ripley's, believe it or not? The first time I went there, I was just a little kid, right? And they've got this great big water faucet that's just eight, nine feet in the air. And there's water coming out of it, but it's not hooked to a pipe. I'm like, wow. Man, I was, I was totally baffled by that. How'd they do that? Until I figured out how they did it, and then it, then it just did, quit amusing me, right? But I, I, and if you want to see, I'll tell you off. I won't ruin their story. But... Uh, Here's this bush that's not being burned. And I would be like, whoa, right? It gets better. All of a sudden, the bush that's on fire but not being burned speaks to him. I would be gone. <laughs> I mean, I would be, I would, uh-uh, uh, out of there, right? One time my dad, we were, I, was in, I was in the barn working, and, and I didn't realize that my dad had come in. Now, my dad liked to do this, and he liked to do it a lot. And he was very stealthy. And, of course, when you're in the barn and you're shoveling whatever, and 
you know, you're not paying attention to it. You may be humming a song or gagging or whatever you're doing, depending on what you're working on. And, and all of a sudden, I didn't realize that my dad was standing like right here, and I got this shovel, and I'm walking out, and he goes, hey, and I'm like, wow, you know. Imagine being standing in front of a burning bush. You're, you're, you're puzzled by it. You're trying to figure it out. What in the world is that? And all of a sudden it speaks to you and it said, whoa, take off your shoes. You know what? If you're not running by that time, you're going to do what the bush says, right? Okay, just leave that there. All right. Fast forward, he says, I've heard the cry of my people down in Egypt. I've heard, I've heard what's going on and I'm sending you back. And he's like, but you can't send me back there. I, I killed a guy down there. You can't send me back there. And I ran because I, I killed him, and they, they, they're on to me. And he said, he's gone. That Pharaoh that sought your life is gone. He said, you go back. I don't know why, but I just felt right then and there, some, some of you, those who sought your life and those who sought to do you harm are gone. Some of you need to get back to Father's house. Some of you need to go back. God sent some of you back where you belong where you ran from god need god saying come back okay he wants you back just like he wanted moses back so fast forward all that moses goes through we know all the we know all the history we know all these things and so we end up in exodus chapter 14 beginning in verse 13 and and now moses has brought everybody out you know, the 10 plagues have happened he's brought everybody out there was a a, a, a pillar of fire by day and a, or a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day god was providing them instant sunscreen and light by night right? Better than LED flashlights, instant sunscreen, SPF 100 for those in, in, in pastor's family. Uh, so just, just throwing that out there. And he said, and, and now they're come down to, and he tells, he's going to tell us where they are, but they're, but they're standing between a, a, a hilly area that empties out, the passage narrows and empties out at the Red Sea. So they've got Pharaoh's armies behind them because they thought, hey, you know what? This isn't such a good idea letting all these people go. We've been using them as servants. We've been, you know, they've been our slaves. And it's not really a good idea just to let them go. You know, it's probably, probably the first time that they had to do their own cleaning or whatever. They re- realized that, hey, this was a bad idea, Pharaoh. And so they're chasing them. And we pick it up in verse number 13. And Moses said to the people, now, here they are. They, they see Pharaoh's armies gathering behind them, but the pillar and the cloud are guarding them. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now notice there in your Bible, Lord is all caps. That means Jehovah, Yahweh. Right? which he will accomplish for you today. Stand still and see the salvation or deliverance. To be saved is to be translated. To be saved is to be delivered. To be saved, your salvation delivers you from a, a destination and, and ports you to another destination. See the deliverance, what the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today... You shall see again no more for at least a month. What? Must be a speck on my, on my Bible here. Those who, who you see before you today, whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Wow. So the vaccination for fear is to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Right? Verse number 14 says, For the Lord will fight for you, and you shall go on Facebook and put all kinds of nasty stuff. The Lord shall fight for you, And we're going to unblock your Instagram account so you can put whatever you want. The Lord will fight for you and you can turn around and look at Pharaoh and go, na-na-na-na-boo-boo. You 
you shall hold your peace. If there's one thing that we need to understand about the church in the 21st century is we got a problem holding our peace, don't we? We got a problem. Because we want to we want to we want to thumb our nose and we want to get caught up in the and we want to but the Lord if the Lord's going to fight for us then all we have to do is just hold our peace and say, "Wow, God, what you did. What you doing?" Verse number 15, and the Lord said to Moses, now notice each time in here, it's, 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 he's talking about Jehovah. It's all caps. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel, go forward. The Lord is telling Moses, why are you talking to me? I gave you the plan. Go. If you've got the plan of God, and if you've got the word of God, you've got his plan. Go. Move forward. Don't retreat. Don't back up. Don't wave the white flag. He says, go forward. Amen? He says in verse number 16, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, and I've said this before, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because, oh man, I've got a long, long way to go. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there, but I've said this before. That a lot of people said, well, that he, they were talking about the Reed Sea and not the Red Sea. And the Reed Sea is only ankle deep, you know, and, 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 and they could have walked through it, you know, overnight, whatever, you know. It's no big miracle. It's no great deal. And I'm thinking, you know what? I went out the other day and, and the, and, and before we had the rain. I went out the other day and I thought, man, that, that area beside the lake, you know, had many rain. It was kind of dry and there were some rocks on it. And I thought, well, you know... <laughs> That surely that's that's dried up by now. It's just basically marl or muck bottom. I'm thinking, you know, it's over over at the at the camp. And I'm thinking, gosh, I'm just going to step out in there and and because you know we we're looking for a place to to do a, to do a vid church video or whatever. And I thought I'll step out into that. And I'm like, and it went almost to my knee. And there hadn't been any rain in over a month. And I'm thinking, wow. So that would have been. If they're walking through on dry ground, even if it was just ankle-deep water, that's a miracle. Because you can't do it at Yellow Creek. It's not a sea, it's just a lake. All right? You can't do it there. If you can't do it there, then, then, then reason and rationale says they'll not be able to do it there, especially overnight. Especially on dry ground. But the other miracle of it is is after all the children of Israel got through, and, and as the last ones were stepping out of the seabed and onto the beach, behind them, Pharaoh's armies came, and they all drowned in ankle-deep water. Wow. There's an old uh, 50s and 60s TV show, and the guy would have said, Shazam! <laughs> you know, all right, there's a boom, all right. They walk through the Red Sea. I'm thinking they're looking at walls of water. They're looking at fish. They're looking, they're looking at who knows what all kinds of creatures, like, like glassed up, like walking, walking through a walled up zoo. You know, you ever been to a big aquarium where they got the tunnel and you can walk through and see the fish over top of you and the, they come at you and, 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 and if you get them crazy manatees, they like to bump the glass and kind of freak everybody out. Don't, don't hit it, man, we're underwater. Can you even imagine what they saw as they walked through there? I want to find, I want to find about 10 or 20 of them as, and when we get to heaven and say, wow, tell me what it was like. No, let me give you, let me give you a premise. Dr. Dobson says that, uh, your Bible says, and his interpretation of it says, in, in heaven, time will be no more. We're constrained by time, right? We're constrained. We can only go forward in time. We can't go back in time. Oh, man, if I could go back in time, there's some things I, want, I could fix. Or I try to fix them. But we can, we're in this moment alone. But Dr. Dobson says that his, his understanding of that is that we will be able to go forward and back 
in history. Can you imagine going back and seeing Jesus being born? Can you imagine going back and seeing the, seeing the children of Israel walk through that? Can you imagine going back and sitting in the, in the valley and watching David take on Goliath? Can you imagine that? Oh, wouldn't that have been awesome? So we can go back and we can see or walk through there with them. You know, it's like, oh my goodness. And how, how great would it be if, if God's ever delivered you from anything, how great would it be to go back and watch yourself go through that thinking, man, I was almost ready to give up right there, but oh, look at this. I was almost ready to break. I was almost ready to, oh man, I just about gave up there. And then, thank God I didn't. See, that, that's one of the things that, that we theorize about heaven. I want to, I want to go to 1 Peter. And I've been here, I've been here before, and I started it, and I didn't get, I didn't get all, where we were going to finish. And I thought, I thought, well, that's it. I'll pass it up for another day. But as I was sitting there yesterday, thinking, and I was praying, and 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 playing with with Miss Willow, because you got to play with Miss Willow, um, as we were putting buttons in her treasure chest, and and she was in her camper and stuff. The Lord began to quicken into my heart about the fear that's going on in our land, and I wondered, Lord, has there ever been a time? When your believers and your children have ever been persecuted just for being believer, your believers and your children. And it, the thought came to me again to, to return to First Peter because he was talking to the churches in Asia who, who were under, they were in the dispersion, they were running for their very lives and very existence because, because Rome was in control and Nero, Caesar Nero was a wicked, vile, evil man. He set Rome on fire and then blamed the Christians and then began to persecute the Christians. He said he watched, he watched his, own, his own city burn and all kinds of atrocities that he did. And he blamed the believers. He blamed the Christians for it. You know, Peter, uh, in, 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 the occasion, in the occasion of 1 Peter and, and the, the uh, um, Peterling epistles, um, it, the Peter addresses Christians living in various parts of Asia Minor who are suffering rejection in the, in the world because of their obedience to Christ. Hmm. He therefore reminds them to, that they have a heavenly inheritance. This is just the introduction into 1 Peter for you. He's learned of their trials and thus he addresses them as Pilgrims of the dispersion, a phrase reminiscent to, of exiled Israel in the Old Testament. And that's why we started off in, in Exodus about the, the, the exiled people of God. <clears throat> but also appropriate for these Christians, and they are, most, they are most likely converted Gentiles, which most of us are. And at one time, they were not a people. They didn't have a place. They didn't have a, they were not a people. Hardly, hardly true of the Jews. And they're, they're, descriptive, they're descriptive of pagans and Gentiles from the mid to first century um, of Jews. They, they were, even the Jews, the Jews that were, that were come to Christ were looking down on them because they're, they're pagans. They didn't know the way. This is a church that would come out of Acts chapter 16 where the Apostle Paul would be talking to Gentiles and Jews. And he had no great conversion success with the Jews at that time. And so God moved him over into the Gentiles. And here we are today. We are standing here today because of that division that we see in Acts chapter 16. Okay? In Athens. Uh, ancient tradition suggests that that Peter was martyred in Rome in conjunction with Nero's severe persecution of Christians. After the burning of Rome in AD 64, this letter was likely written toward the end of Peter's life, but while he could still say, honor the king. The early 60s and even, yea, even 2020 are a good estimate for the comp composition of 1 Peter. All right. So let me just give you the personal application that, that Pastor Hayford has written here, and then we'll, we'll move on into the. Since all true Christians experience hostility from an ungodly world, 
the call to patience and holiness amid suffering is applicable to all. However, the message is most pertinent where the opposition is, is, is severe. Persecution of Christians is, is, is as great in many areas of the world today as it was in the first century. And First Peter offers hope to those suffering for Christ's sake. That is the outline and the introduction to First Peter. That's where we are. Okay? I saw one of my friends, and I took a screenshot of it, posted a meme on Facebook, and I usually don't pay attention to a lot of that. But the meme was this, Lord, it looks like a dead end. But so then did the Red Sea. This looks too big to conquer, but so did Goliath. This looks like it's over and like insurmountable odds and like the end of the story, but so did the cross. And so the, and so the ending is, I'm laying it at your feet and reminding my heart that this is your story. He's the author and finisher of our faith. It's his story. The days of my life were, the pages of my life were written in his book before he formed me in my mother's womb. God's got this. God's got this. The vaccination for fear is God's got this. Amen. First Peter chapter 3, um, verses 1 to 22, and we're going to try to get through as much as we can. Now, it's, let me just get, let me just get into it, let the word speak for itself. He starts this off, and I've had, a lot of, I've had a lot of ladies get mad at me for this. I've had a lot of women that didn't understand what the Word of God was saying. Get mad at me when we go here. Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, um, that even if some do not obey the Word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Let me flip that. Let me flip that. Husbands. He talks about husbands here in, in, just, in just a couple of verses. But husbands, do you realize that you don't have to nag your wife all the time? Just live godly in front of them. And without a word, without a word, they may come to believe in Christ. They may be won over. All right? Again, back to the wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear or reverence, I put or reverence there, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be hidden, in, in, be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in the former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and do not and do not and, and, and are not afraid with any terror. Well, that sounds, to guys, that sounds like, oh, dude, what a deal, right? For guys, that's like, whoa, cha-ching. Let me, let, me, let me back up and let me give you the New Living Translation, okay? In the same ways, wives, you, you must accept the authority of your husbands. Whoa, wait, a little different word, doesn't it? Husband's authority rather than submissive. Then, even if some refuse to obey, God, obey, obey the gospel, your godly lives will speak to them without any words, and they will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Don't be concerned about outward beauty or fancy hairstyles or expensive jewelry or, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. 
This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They trusted in God and, and they accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband Abraham and, and, and called him her master. You are her daughters. When you do what is right without fear, what your husbands might do. Hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem oppressive. You see, a lot of times words move on. A lot of times words they, they morph, and a lot of times they change. The words have an evolution. The same word that meant something back back in, in, in Brother Bob's day doesn't mean the same thing as it as in my day. Or you know, the same thing my dad, you know, when when my dad when I grew up, my for my dad, a joint was a bad place to be. Times words move. Language changes, right? Just just throw that out there. And so a lot of times when we see this, and especially in the when women when women want freedom and liberation, they're thinking, I can't do that. I'm not going to be submissive to anybody. It's not it's not talking about that. It's talking about living right before your husband. So that by your conduct you may win him. Because the eye is a much more willing pupil than is the ear. You don't think so? Try to come between a guy and a, and a television show or a game that he's playing. You can yell and yell and yell. The house can be on fire. And unless the power goes off, he ain't... He ain't <laughs> you can be watching run, reruns of Rin 1010. And unless the power goes off, hey, what's going on? I remember in the Sparks household, I used to, uh, we, we were working so that our kids wouldn't become dependent upon devices. And they, they, they really, you know, they got the Nintendos and they got the Sonys and the, all that other stuff. I don't know what all they all got. But I would increase the difficulty level. Oh, it was good. Super, Super Mario World, like the 92nd level for the, you know, whatever. And they just had to get one more power coin and i was like man they were you hear that mario's music drives me nuts you know so i would come in and ask how's it going you know they'd only been you know now now the thing now is is that you know if you're playing Wii, they'll say hey shouldn't you go outside and take a break you know we'll save the game for you you can go outside and then people ignore it but you know back then they didn't have that. They didn't, they didn't say, hey, you know, mom and dad may be getting a little ticked off that your bed's not made and you're in here playing, you know, playing, you know, Super Mario World or whatever. So I would increase the, the difficulty level. I'd just turn, I'd get the remote and walk by them. How's it going? Pretty good. Oh, man, I'm almost, oh, man, I'm, I, okay, turn off the TV. The game's still going. You can still play the game. How good are you? Increased difficulty level, right? Anybody, uh, anybody experienced that in this room? I know a couple of you have. Dead. All right. Verse number seven, talking with the guys. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Well, I just lost half the ladies. I'm coming back. Don't, not gonna, we're not going to, we're not going to, we'll, 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 let's get back. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Guys, you want your, you want your prayers to be heard and not hindered? You you better understand. You better understand. One, that you've got to come together and, and be in understanding together. You're heirs of the grace of life together. And, and don't, 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 expect, don't expect God to be going 
guns guns ablazing in your behalf if you if you're putting down and mistreating your wife don't expect it's going to happen because peter's saying that there are some people he's implying here the implication is that he's wanting the reader which is us to infer that we may have our prayers hindered no other way to interpret that as to the weaker vessel you know what the weaker vessel is I did an experiment. Uh, some of you guys, if you missed it last week, I did an experiment. Well, one word experiment. Cheesecake. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not a cheesecake fan. Never, never eat cheesecake. If, if cheesecake was all there was to tempt people to get them my size, I'll tell you what, I could qualify, I could qualify to be a, a starving child. Just don't eat it don't like it uh, some people say i don't like the texture i just don't like it okay i'm serious but somebody does so she can have all mine i bought i probably bought in our in our marriage together we're going we're going on 40 years and and i probably bought a semi load worth of cheesecake not ate one piece don't even get me started on blueberries I don't do the blueberries either. I probably bought 10 semis of those, never ate the first blueberry, all right? Uh, but the weaker vessel. I'm just going to tell you guys, the weaker vessel don't, don't think that they're powerless if they're crying. Because they'll hurt you in Jesus' name. And what the Bible tells me is I'm not to I'm not to lead her into temptation. And the bruise on my arm proves it. No, I'm <laughs> Let's see what the apostle Paul, let's see what the apostle Peter says here. Out of the NLT. In the same way you husbands meet must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be physically weaker than you are. But she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Vanessa may not be able to back my boat trailer in. But she's my equal gift. She's my equal. I may have to move 26 tons of potting soil into them flower beds in the front because she, she, she's going to move it a shovel at a time. And I can use the wheelbarrow or wait till she's gone and call Luke with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because she is the, she's not, she may not be as physically as strong as me. I guarantee you there's some areas where she's physically stronger than I am. I never, I never had to have them stick a radiation needle that long into me before. But she did. She's tough. Pastor, she's tough. I never had a doctor tell me that, I never had a doctor tell me that the, the child, the life that you're carrying, there is no heartbeat. But she did I never heard somebody pray as beautiful and as powerful as that, but I heard her pray that. I offered my life for his, but that wasn't enough. She said, Lord, if you'll, if you'll give him back to me, he'll serve you. And I don't think she meant he'll play the drums, but I think she said he'll serve you. He'll raise his family for you. Right? Train up a child in the way that it should go. And sometimes, and sometimes, if you know, sometimes sons and fathers knock heads. You know, sometimes it's, you know, they're like bulls in a china shop. But, but I'm proud of, of my son and that he's working for the Lord. But uh, he wouldn't have been here had not mom heard, he, God heard and answered mom's prayer. So not that they're the weaker vessel. Don't let them think that guys, they're especially not the not weaker mentally, not weaker, not, not that they're the weaker vessel, but they're just not as physically as strong. 
They they can't lift the car, you know. They can't they they can't. Whatever we can, yeah, that, that's why they, that's why they separate men's and women's sports. Because men typically have bigger bigger more m- m- muscle mass, bigger bone structure. They can typically throw a shot put further. They can throw a discus further. They can throw a javelin further. That's what that's what Peter's talking about. Not that they're weaker in any other way. Matter of fact, in many areas, my wife is a giant. And I'm a puny runt in many ways. Finally, finally, and we do that, the, the first seven verses, the first seven, were so that our, he, our prayers won't be hindered. If you've got prayers that aren't being answered, I may have just uncovered something for you. Finally, all of you be in one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. That you may inherit what? That you may inherit a blessing. We're called to be a blessing to others so that we might inherit a blessing. Now these are people that were being persecuted. These are people that Caesar Nero would, if he, if he caught them and, and he caught them having church, he would dip, pour oil on them, dip them in oil and use them as street lights. And he's saying you're, you're, that you're, you are called to be a blessing? Don't revile, don't, don't speak bad, don't speak. Here we go again with that talking and, and, and speaking and, oh. Guess I better watch what I'm putting on Facebook, huh? Just throw that out there. No, I'm not hitting on that as anything other than if you're a Christian in church, you might want to be Christian in Facebook. By the by, Pastor, didn't you, didn't you tell us last week that they'll be known by their fruits? Huh. What about the fruit? What about the fruit that grows on our Facebook and Instagram and whatever page? All right, on whatever trees. Ah, for he who he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. And let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord, and there it is, there it is again. Notice in, in, in 1 Peter, it's the same thing as it was back in Exodus. Here we have all caps. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayer. Prayers. That's a good thing, right? That's good. I want his I want his eyes to be on me. Right? When I was a, when I was a kid growing up, and I told I told you I was dad's favorite, and when I, when I was a kid growing up, I, I was a pretty decent baseball player, and, and down in down in Wabash, and and uh, my dad my dad had a job back then that they didn't have a lot of flexibility. You know, they they would have never they would have never had take your kid to work day. Right, not that I'd want to go into a rubber mill, but they would have never, had, you know, take your kid to work day back then. And and my dad worked second shift, and and it was like he he was like forever on second shift. And when do we play baseball games? It's six and seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, and he worked three to eleven. And and man, I I remember all the times, man, I I'd, I'd make a good play, you know, or, or 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 another kid would make a good play, and he first thing he'd do, he'd hold up the ball and look at his dad in the stands. I'd make a great play or I'd make a good throw or I'd get a wonderful hit, you know. And Dad wasn't there. Oh, how I wanted him to be. But he had to, he had a family he had to take care of and and they didn't have and they didn't have flex time. He couldn't take a day off in the in the middle of the week to watch JC play ball. When I got into when I got into the Babe Ruth League, 
It was right over the hill, right over the hill from my dad's factory in Wabash. It was in the city park, and it was right over the hill. And when dad was working, I don't, I don't know why I did it. I, I, one night I was, I, I, was, I, was, I was catching, and a ball got in the dirt, and it squirreled away from me, and, and I had to jump way over here to get the ball and jump back and tag the guy out. The guy, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was weird. And I held the ball up like that. And I just happened to glance up. And in, the, and in the window, in the second window, up in the general tire, in the general tire second story up there, there was one person in the window. All I could see was a silhouette, Pastor. All I could see was a silhouette. And you know what he gave me? He gave me one of these. I'm like, oh, man. I, I still to this day don't know if it was my dad. But he saw that. You know what? When we do good, when we have an opportunity to do good and we do something good down here, God is watching us. His eyes are on the righteous. I don't need the I don't need the accolades or the applause of men. All I got to do is look up and God's going. When uh, when when my son was playing football in high school, it would be it became the thing that uh, it, it was, you know, you can't just say, I love you, son. That's just that's just wrong. I, I, I've been told that that's just wrong, you know, around, you know, 52 other guys on the football team, you know, re- yelling over the crowd and the benches. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of embarrassing if you're on the field. And, I love you. That's my boy. So we came up with this thing. And, you know, he always knew where dad was sitting. He always knew. I mean, one time, one time we went to the tournament and, and we had to sit in a different place, but he f- scanned that crowd and he found us. And instead of embarrassing him, I just wanted my boy to know that I loved him. And when he did good, I was watching. And so we went back to the gladiator days. And do you know what the gladiators used to do? And what, and what their handlers and what the people in the crowd, their, their, their sponsors would do when they would make a great move or a great... Do you know what they would do? They wouldn't get up and say, That's my, that's my gladiator! <laughs> they would just simply go, Oh. Sorry about that, you guys on the, on, on the live. Didn't mean to pop your sound. They would just simply... A fist in the chest. You're my heart. I love you. I'm proud of you. So we started doing that, and he'd make a wonderful play out there, and I'd stand up, and I'd be applauding, and when he'd look, I'd, and then he'd... There was communication. How many of you know that you could communicate without this? How many of you know that you can communicate without it? How many of you know that you can communicate without with it? And you know, what the, you know what the neatest thing was? Two games later, two games later, I noticed some people coming off the field. And, and, and one of his good buds, Plummer, was coming off the field. And, and I would see him looking for his dad. And I still look over and there's another guy doing like this. And, and next thing you know, by the end of the season, every dad in the stands were, you know, pounding their chest and their boy was pounding. And it was like, awesome. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And when you do good, when you do good, Remember, remember the story, I think it's in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen was being stoned? Now, now Jesus had, had risen, and he was seated on the, on the right hand of God, right? But when, when Stephen was being stoned, and the rocks were coming, God gave him a special grace. And he looked into the heavens, and and I think this is one of the testimonies that that young guy by the name of Saul who was consenting to Stephen's death by holding the coats of those who were throwing the ropes, the rocks. When Stephen looked up into the heavens, now we know that when Jesus ascended, he is seated at the right hand of God, right? We, we know that. That's what your Bible says. But when Stephen was being stoned, as the stones were hitting him, 
he was given a special grace. And he said, behold, I see the Son of Man. And he's standing at the right hand of God. When you're going through something, Jesus isn't content to sit down. He's going to stand up. And I believe that with every fiber of my being, I believe that if you were in jeopardy, not only would he stand up, uh, and Pastor Burkhart used to teach this all the time, but that he would move all of heaven and earth before he would allow one of his little ones to become disengaged and, and lose faith in him. The lies of our Lord are always upon the righteous. And his ears are open to hear their prayers. He, he hears our prayers. Again, this is the righteous. Now, there is, no, there is no promise in this word of God to hear the prayers of an unrighteous man except for one. Lord, save me a sinner. Beyond that, God doesn't, you know, a lot of people say, I'm praying for you. It's like, well, you know, my, my Jewish friend tells me, I've only got so many breaths allotted to me in this life. I don't want to waste it, right? If you're not attached to God and you're not the righteous, the only prayer that God will hear from you is save me a sinner. That's it. Now you can pray all day and, and, never, and never be heard. Okay, I've got to hurry on. Uh, but his faith, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer righteous, for righteousness sake, you're still blessed. Even if you've got to go through something, you're still blessed. Don't let the world take it away from you. You're still blessed. This joy that you have, the world didn't give it to you, and so the world can't take it away from you. Remember this, remember this morning in, in, in worship when, when, you, when you got the picture, you got the image that in, in heaven, the worship starts back there and comes toward the throne. What are you going to thank Him for in heaven? What will we hear? What can we expect to hear from you in heaven as we're... Oh, I'm, mm, mm. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks the reason for this hope that is in you. Blessed and highly favored. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. Right? That's the... That's the, 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 the we want to make sure that we give a defense. For anyone who asks you the reason for this hope that is in you, with meekness and with fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as, an, as evildoers, those who revile your good, conscience, uh, good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. Now, this is something that, that we see. You can be, you can love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, and there's still going to be evil people who are going to try to defame you and tear you down. Right? But Peter's saying here that when they do that, that, the, that, that those who revile you, those who say those things it, it, about your good conduct in Christ, that they're going to be ashamed. That they may be ashamed. May be ashamed simply means that they may not understand it now, but there's going to come a day when they're going to stand before the righteous judge and he's going to say, why did you lie about that person and cause this person to stumble? On that day, they'll be ashamed. Because on that day, Matthew, according to Matthew chapter 7, they're going to hear him say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. For it is better... If the if, uh, excuse me for is it better if the will of uh, if it is the will of if it blah, 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 let me repeat again for it is better if the if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Now there are a lot of people that say that 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 have all kinds of ideas and ideology and imagery about how they how how they're suffering for the will of God. And let me just tell you, some of them are just kooks. Some of it's not the will of God whatsoever. They're just, they're just out there and, and they're doing crazy stuff and, 
Verse number 18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, just at ju- and, and the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And being put um, uh, to death in the flesh, that, uh, um, but made alive again by the Spirit. Notice Spirit is capitalized. When you're going through your Bible and you're reading this, you know that that's a personal program. That means the Holy Ghost. All right. By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Now, this is one, one place where, a, where a, I had, a, I had a, a, a person that was a really, really self-righteous, sanctimonious person got really mad at me and, and, and said, there's no way Christ did not go to hell. He sure did. He sure did. Peter says he did. The Apostle Paul talks about what's this, that he who first um, descended then ascended. There were some people down there that waited for Jesus and, and they'd listen to Jesus and, they, and, 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 they, and they, they, were, they were saying, when's he coming, when's he coming? And then he's never coming. And then all of a sudden, when Jesus, when Jesus was placed into the tomb, when he said it was finished, he went down and, and he began to preach captivity to the captives. Some of them he let free. Ugh. I don't have time to go into, into, into Hades and, and Sheol, and I don't have time to get into all that. But, but, but just trust me, when he did, it's in, it's in your word says that he did that. Who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited, waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. 120 years. That's a long time to preach with just getting your family saved. 120 years. You know what, though? If you got your family saved, it'd be worth it, wouldn't it? <laughs> Knowing that they'll be with you for eternity, it'd be worth it, wouldn't it? Mm. All right. <clears throat> There's also an antitype or a picture which now saves us. Baptism. Not the removal of filth from the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. You want the vaccination? for fear I don't think there's been a one of us in this room that haven't been in 2020 haven't been touched by fear in one aspect or the other there's not one of us that haven't been affected by it you want the vaccination here it is we're blessed to be a blessing don't let the world convince you otherwise amen I'm going to read to you something that I go over and over and over again. Where do I go when there's no one else to turn to? Who do I talk to when no one wants to listen? And who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock. I know he's able. I go to the rock. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to that stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain. And the mountain stands by me. When the earth all around me is sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Where do I hide till the storms have all passed over? And who do I run to when the winds of sorrow threaten? Is there a refuge in time of tribulation when my soul needs consolation? I go to the rock.
I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain, and the mountain stands by me. When the earth all around me is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter and when I need a friend, I go to the rock. Father, we thank you. We praise you. And we give you all the honor and all the glory. Lord, may we find you to be that rock that the builders rejected. May we find you to be that mountain that when we run to you, you stand by us. Lord, when all the earth around us turns to sinking sand, you're the rock on which we stand. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the rock. And you, you alone, are the vaccination for fear. It's in your mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. I don't know about you today. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.